You're listening to the JT The Brick Show, where the Raider Nation has come to sound off and react for over 20 years. It's time for JT The Brick. Did I miss anything? If these guys on this team aren't as pissed off as I am by the coverage of the national media, the amount of disrespect I see this team getting, these guys should be angry and pissed off at the way they're being treated and looked at. Most people don't think that the Raiders are going to compete and do anything. They all think we suck. Always negative on the Raiders nationally. As the pundits are saying, we're a four-win team, we're a five-win team, But I am specifically calling out some of the loud voices in the Raider Nation. JT the Brick. It's Raider bias. It's the whole reason I'm on the radio is to just try to control the narrative a little bit better. Now I got your attention. On good days, we need to be great. Put that in a promo in three, two, and one. On good days, we need to be great around here. Do we all agree? And now, the Pied Piper of Raider Nation Radio. Here's JT the Brick. Out of the gate, JT with you. I'm fired up today, man. More fired up. No, not more fired up than usual. I'm always fired up. How you doing today, Raider Nation? We got a lot of work to do. We got to clean it up, as coaches say, around the league. You know, they all say that on Sunday or Monday or after the game. We got to clean it up. We got to clean it up today. And we got to get ready for the Steelers for the home opener on Sunday night. A monologue brought to you by BT's, the best happy hour in town. You know how it goes, 5 to 7, midnight to 2. Plus, they have a lot of things happening over at 64-plus taverns. They do great promotions over there, and they want me to tell you about it because that's what I do. And they got something great going on right now for Raider fans. So if you go there, there's jersey giveaways. There's opportunities to register to get tickets to Raiders games. I mean, there's so much going on right now over at PTs. Just head on out to your local PTs. That's so cool. They have local PTs in your neighborhood, and you can be involved in all of this as we open up the show. Also, I'll have an event that I'll be emceeing. Coming up here on Friday night, excited about that, an ALS Foundation event over at the Strat at the pool. I'll have information on that. A couple of housekeeping items. Unfortunately, the Bolitnikovs canceled their event that was coming up Saturday night at Ghost Bar. They had a conflict here with the home opener, so we're going to move that on. And Friday, I'm hosting this show from noon to 2 over at Top Golf, courtesy of Modelo. So I'd like you to come out for that. Please come on out. Have a couple of Modellos. You know, on Friday I have my bucket of Modellos. But I got an event after that, so I'll probably have a cerveza or two. And we'll be at Top Golf. You can hit some golf balls. You can talk Raiders. You can look out past the net and see F1 and the paddock and what they're doing there. So we're busy this week. And then we got a lot of fun coming into the home opener on Sunday night, the black hole. Man, I'm getting everybody in here, Danny. You hear that? I opened up with PTs. I got in Modelo, and I'm getting in the black hole because the black hole is going to be calling in because they got a bunch of events kicking off home game coverage with the black hole. Go to theblackhole.com and be a part of it. How cool would it be for you to show up to a black hole event as a member of the black hole? Think of that for a second. Let that sink in. You show up. There's a big black hole event. There's a concert going on. There's a big Raider crowd, hundreds upon hundreds of people. And you can introduce yourself as a member of the black hole. Go to membership at theblackhole.com. So earlier today, we put out Raiders Roundtable, which I think they release at 1 o'clock every Tuesday. It was Eddie Pascal and Jason Horowitz, the voice of the Raiders, and myself. And what we did was we talked about the loss 
to the Buffalo Bills. If anybody thinks I'm too light on the Buffalo Bills, you're wrong because you don't listen to the radio show. You don't listen to Roundtable. We were all over the Raiders for losing the game, all over the Raiders for losing the game. It was a really bad loss. Now, it wasn't the burn-the-tape type loss. You can have a loss where you get beat so badly that they call it burn-the-tape or bury-the-football. It was pretty bad, but there were some good things that at least came out of it. Jacorian Bennett's playing. Diablo's flying to the ball. Spillane's trying to fly to the ball. Devontae, who looked like he got hit hard enough where he'd be in protocol, he's all right now. And there were some good things that came out of it, basically just the opening drive. But other than that, the Raiders got dominated in that game. And I don't want to use that word a lot anymore. I don't want to say the Raiders got deed, dominated, because that's not fair. They're professional men, grown-ass men who play professional football. They should not be dominated by other men. They should not. They should compete and win. And they didn't compete at the level that they're supposed to. Going into Buffalo, and now they have to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Did you see the Steeler game last night? Oh, my God. I said during the game, I don't know what I'm upset about. Did I want the Steelers to lose to go to 0-2? Or did you want them to win so they won't be desperately hungry to come in here and have to get a win? I don't know if any of that matters. I never played professional football. But now the Steelers have a win. I think they'll be a little bit looser, a little bit relieved. But they're on a short week as they come to Vegas with their fans. Here's what I took away from the game last night. Pittsburgh is very physical. Their defense flies to the ball. They tackle. You can hear the helmets pop. They turn over the football. They sack the quarterback. They get what's called strip sacks for touchdowns. They do everything that we'd like the Raiders to do from time to time on defense. Turn the ball over, sack the quarterback, sack the quarterback with the strip sack, intercept the ball, and tackle harder. Did I cover it all here with what we'd like the Raiders and Patrick Graham's defense to do a little bit better or a lot better? That's what needs to happen. So we saw Pittsburgh last night. So my takeaway is that Pittsburgh's coming in here, and they're going to be flying around, and it's going to be a physical game. I don't think Denver was super physical. I thought the Raiders controlled the physicality of that game. I thought they were tougher and a better team than Denver. I thought they got pushed around against Buffalo, fact, not fiction. They got pushed around. And now Pittsburgh has Kenny Pickett at quarterback, and I don't think that Kenny Pickett is something that we should lose sleep over. Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes and Tua with Waddle and Tyreek Hill lose some sleep over those guys. But I don't think we have to sit here and lose sleep over Kenny Pickett because he struggled mightily. But I spent most of the time last night tweeting about Deshaun Watson. Oh, my God, was he bad. Oh, my God, was he bad. And at times he threw beautiful balls. He threw a couple of beautiful balls. But other than that, with the game on the line when he should have been running – and he should have been taken off for first downs. And maybe my biggest pet peeve, and I'll get into this with Danny, who's in for Bobby every Tuesday. One of my biggest pet peeves is when a quarterback throws the ball out of bounds on fourth down. You know, Derek Carr did that a few times, and that's what we saw Deshaun Watson do last night to Joey Porter Jr., who might have interfered on the final play of the game. But Deshaun Watson, on the last play of the game, threw an uncatchable ball that was out of bounds, there was no way they were going to catch that ball and get two feet down, let alone one like in college. And then Deshaun Watson screaming at the end of the game that there was interference. Who cares? You had a whole football field to throw the ball to, and you threw it to a spot where you needed a miracle catch. 
I often see that with Devontae Adams. It happened a bunch with Derek, and I pointed it out last year. And I've seen it happen with Jimmy already. I don't like these passes to the sideline that you have to be perfect catching the ball. I don't mind it in the end zone. If you want to throw a back shoulder at the pylon in the end zone, I'm good with that. If you want to kind of throw it out of bounds like Montana did to Dwight Clark and throw it high, and if it's not caught, it goes into the second row, I'm all right with that. But when you're at midfield and you throw the ball on an out route and you throw it out of bounds, what is that? I'm seeing that more and more. I just wanted to get that in because the Steelers should have lost that game. Deshaun Watson had multiple times, multiple times in that game to come out and make a play, and he couldn't do it because the Steelers' defense is pretty good. Oh, by the way, Derek Carr's 2-0. I'm not shocked by that. He didn't play great competition, and they beat a team. They beat two teams barely, but Derek Carr's got a really good defense, and Pittsburgh played good defense last night. So here's the rules for today. There are no rules. You can either clean up the Bills game and sound off like you got a pair, you're pissed off, we didn't really compete against Buffalo, or we can go on to Pittsburgh. Your choice. I got the show prepped up. Paul Gutierrez will join us, Raiders insider. Steve Weish from NFL Network, always a great guest. And then my friend Gavin Maloof is going to come in studio at the top of the hour. Uh, Tequila Commissario is our new tequila brand here on the show, and he's going to come in here and tell us about it. Raider fans love tequila. I mean, they love it. They drink it by the gallons, and I got the best tequila in the market. No debate. The award-winning tequila. And one of the partial owners of the Golden Knights, the champions of hockey, the Stanley Cup champs, going to come in studio with us at 1 o'clock. So I got an opportunity to take your phone calls. We expect calls here every day. One day I'm going to come in here, and all nine lines are going to be full, and I'm going to quit. That'll be my last radio show. I've told this to everybody. You think I'm joking. I will say I accomplished my goal. Until then, I'll give you the number. I'll give you the Twitter. I'll go crazy in the monologue to try to inspire you to compete and to come into this show. Most shows don't take calls anymore. They don't. We do on this channel. Most read tweets. I don't read texts. You know, so we don't have a text line for my show. I don't want to read texts. I want to hear people. I want to hear people happy. I want to hear people angry. I want to hear people that are engaged in life. Until they wipe out sports radio and they say, hey, the format's over. We're just going to kind of read Twitter and kind of do something on YouTube and everyone go home. Well, that's not how I do it. I come in every day, balls out. And I'm fired up for this game because I'm a season ticket holder and I need to see better effort and better product. I'm paying a lot of money to sit in the lower bowl in 132 and I need to see better product. And I know the coaches are demanding it this week. I know the coaches are coaching their ass off this week. Eric Allen told me the players are going to be uncomfortable this week. Uncomfortable like they should be. They should be brought into meeting rooms and scolded. They should be brought on the field and told to do it better. And the leaders of this team, I talked to Max privately yesterday, not in this tone. Hey, Max, how you doing? What's going on? What do you think? Blah, blah, blah. And... The captains of this team, well, we talk about the captains. What's the use of being a captain if you can't inspire your teammate next to you to play better? I think they got great captains. Colin Carlson, special teams, Devontae, Josh Jacobs, Spillane. I think they're motivated guys. Mad Max Crosby. But what about the other guys who are, I'm going to be careful with this. I'm going to be really careful with this. Again, I didn't play. So I can't say that. I, you know me on radio. I don't go through the motions. I don't think these guys are going through the motions. They have families. 
They have agents. They have alma maters that are playing for their future. I think they play hard. You haven't heard me once this year point out a play where I thought someone was lazy, not hustling, not doing their job to the best of their ability. The problem is the schemes on offense and defense need to be tightened up and they need to play at a higher level. How do you do that? We have one of the greatest documented play callers of all time in Josh McDaniels. I could care less what you think of this coach. Let me get that on record too. To the trolls, to the people who claim to be fans, you have the right. You have the right to say and think whatever you want. And I get that, okay? But I don't have to agree with you. I know what this coach has done. I don't know what you've done in your life. I don't know what you do in your job and how you're evaluated. I know that McDaniels has six Super Bowl rings in his safe. He has accomplished football at the highest level multiple times. So I know he knows what he's doing. He's not over his head like Nathaniel Hackett. Josh McDaniels doesn't come into work and go, oh, my God, bring in a couple of assistants. What do I need to do today? What time's practice? What time's the meeting? This guy is a ball buster. He's got the team prepared every game he's coached. The problem is there's a problem with execution. The plan's good. Preparation is really good from what I hear. And then something happens in the game where they don't get turnovers or they don't move the chains or they don't run the right route or someone doesn't get the ball for two games. I don't know what the problem is there, but I'm assuming it's going to get cleaned up because I think the heat around all of us is getting turned up a bit. Coming in, knowing that this team, USA Today, picked them to win three games. Vegas Insiders picked them not to win six and a half. The under on six and a half. ESPN, Fox, NFL Network doesn't even talk about this team. Ryan Clark said on television on ESPN, which went viral, the Raiders aren't any good. Mike Wilbon on Pardon the Interruption said yesterday, the Raiders stink. I don't want to talk about Buffalo. The Raiders stink. They were supposed to beat the Raiders. Mike Wilbon, pardon the interruption. I mean, this is, what did I talk about all summer long? All I did all summer long here is try to build the greatest Raiders team on radio. We accomplished that. And tell you every day how disrespected they're getting. They went 1-0. It kind of got light. It was like, all right, they're 1-0. They got boat raced in Buffalo. Didn't have the ball for 20 minutes. And now the Steelers are coming in. Steelers are physical and tough. I think the Raiders are better than Denver. I think the Raiders are better than the Steelers. I think the Raiders are better than Green Bay. I think the Raiders are better than the Jets. I think the Raiders are better than the Giants. I think the Raiders are better than the Patriots. I do. I think they're better. But not if they play the way they played in Buffalo. They can win all the games that I just mentioned. Then Kansas City, you beg for a split. Okay, so Sandy, uh, that the Chargers... Chargers are really fascinating to me now. The Charger season's on the brink, on the brink today. They, they're 0-2 and they play in Minnesota. I would bet my life they don't win that game in Minnesota. I, I wouldn't. I think Minnesota, I think much more highly of Minnesota's coaching and their team. I like Justin Herbert a lot. I think he's great. But other than that, if the Chargers go 0-3, there's a chance that their coach will get fired after the Raider game. Okay, we all get that. That's a big story out West. But that game's in a couple of weeks. So Pittsburgh has Kenny Pickett at quarterback. He's not very good. He's not very good. Do you know that we put 30, 30 unanswered points on Jalen Hurts two years ago? 
against Philadelphia. We scored 30 unanswered on Jalen Hurts, and the next year Jalen Hurts went to the Super Bowl. So if we can't beat Kenny Pickett, we the season ticket holders, if we can't beat Kenny Pickett, we got big problems. Would you all agree? If you can't stop Kenny Pickett and they put up 34 points and he throws for 280 yards, there's some heads that are going to roll. There's some players on that team that are going to be in a really tough spot. Because if they can't do their job against Kenny Pickett, who struggled last night, I mean, he made a couple of big throws when he had to, but the Steelers were able to do it on defense. And the Steelers were able to do it on defense is how they scored and how they turned the game around. I mean, look at the touchdowns here. Alex Highsmith, 30-yard interception on the first play. What a player he is. Oh, my God, number 56 for them. He's better than everybody on the Raiders other than Max Crosby on defense, not even close. And they got T.J. Watt, who's better than anybody on the Raiders' defense, anybody other than Max Crosby. So that's two guys. And then T.J. Watt had the strip sack. Uh, no, Heisman had the strip sack, and T.J. Watt scored. So they got two defensive touchdowns when you looked at that. Then Kenny Pickett threw a 71-yard touchdown, which he threw it over the middle of the field. It was a good pass, a little broken coverage there. And then they got a field goal. In the second half, all they got was two field goals. I mean, they're not very good on offense at all. And he's coming to town, but I think he's going to, you know, Kenny Pickett's a good player. He was 15 of 30 for 222 a touchdown. He was sacked twice. That's the quarterback we got to beat. I mean, can we please beat this guy? Now, the defense is saying the same thing about the Raiders. Can we beat Jimmy Garoppolo? Jimmy can beat them. Jimmy's beaten them in the past. So I like Jimmy in this game. I think Jimmy understands and can scheme a Mike Tomlin defense. But we have to get Josh Jacobs going. He's got to get going. I'd like your opinion. I'd like to hear you. I haven't heard anybody talk about this topic yet, not one. Why isn't Josh Jacobs hitting the line? I think because we talked about it today and had the film that he couldn't even get to the line of scrimmage. He was getting blown up in Buffalo. That's more on the offensive line than Josh Jacobs, but you might disagree on that. So with everything I'm saying here, I'd like to move on to Pittsburgh. But I think we need another half a show to clean up this toxic oil spill, which was the Buffalo's performance, the Bills' performance, and why the Raiders a week in West Virginia, highly motivated, away from their families, didn't, wasn't ready to compete to the level of what we think is their best. So I got to assume that they're going to play their best game. I want to throw that out here on Tuesday. I have to assume that they're going to play their best game. Because I think the coaches are probably giving them as much grief as they've ever given them. Ever. This regime. And I think that everybody's got to be looking around that building going, you know something? We're the only game on TV Sunday night. I know the Raiders are pulling out all the stops for this game. And I think people love that. I think people want entertainment at a football game. I want to win the game, and I want entertainment, and I want to have fun. I go to these games with my wife to have fun. I don't go to these games to be bleeping miserable. And sit there and have my head down. Not at the price of these tickets and dealing with the opposing fans. I want to enjoy myself. And I think we'll enjoy ourselves if the Raiders kind of snap out of it and play a really good game. Can they play a good game in your estimate coming off a loss like that? 702-365-9200. Can they come into this game and thread the needle? Which means the offense plays really well. The defense plays better than advertised. The kicking game plays like pro bowlers. And the coaches outcoach the other side. 
Do you believe that'll happen? Do you think they'll do it? And you can tell me why any day this week. You know our show, we got about two or three guests to show. We try to mix in some calls, and I talk a lot. So it's 20 minutes into the show. I'm excited to win this game. I can't wait for the weekend. I mean, I really can. I'm looking forward to this. The Raiders are home. It's been forever. It's been forever. Can't wait. I'm going to the game with my wife and my son. And a lot of friends are in town. A lot of people, season ticket holders, reaching out. Where are the parties? What are we doing? So we got a lot going on here. And I think we should enjoy our lives. We should enjoy our friendships. We should enjoy the team that you root for. And I think you should feel pretty good about this game unless you're just doom and gloom. And if that is, I can help you exercise your demons and we can open up the show. Jorge, out in San Jose, start us off on the flagship. Go ahead. Hey, JT. Appreciate it a lot. Mm -hmm. I think uh, still just trying to wrap my mind around this Bills game that, quite frankly, the most disappointing part is that I didn't see the offense. And if Pittsburgh is able to figure out a way to keep Jimmy G, Devontae, Jacobs, everybody on the bench, that's going to be detrimental. That's going to be horrible. I really feel like our defense needs to stop letting these short completion passes down the middle. I know you were always talking about seeing the the middle of the field open, but it's just unacceptable mm-hmm. because they're going to dry and keep going. And all of a sudden there's going to be half the game again. And I just, I want to be able to see Devontae be able to catch an easy mm-hmm. uh, slant route. Hunter Renfro, if Jacoby Myers is still trying to recover mm-hmm. to just keep the driving the ball. Mm-hmm. And you, you can't have all of these weapons and for them to just be sitting down. It's just unacceptable. I mean, I know that mm-hmm. other teams are able to do that when you keep Mahomes on the bench, when you used to keep Tom Brady on the bench, but that is how the Raiders are going to be in games. They have to be competitive on offense and somebody needs to really inspire this defense to not let that get away from them. I just feel like that's going to be one of the keys to to, to mm-hmm. beating the Steelers. And I thought it was really wild to see those defenses in Cleveland mm-hmm. and Pittsburgh just go after one right. another on the fourth quarter and just keep yeah. turning the ball over. So that's what needs to happen. Yep. Appreciate the call. Thank you. Thanks for calling in from San Jose. Made a very good point there at the end. When you're watching, we're watching on TV, the speed of Pittsburgh's defense and how hard they hit is awesome. That's what I hope the Raiders can become. You know, the Raiders' offense, I think, is the strength of the team. I know when they're humming and everybody's healthy, Jacoby's ready to go, Josh figures out the running game. They can go 3-4 wide and attack and look, really look good. I think the offense is going to have a lot of highlights. They did with Derek at times. and I think they're going to have more highlights, and they have the ability to do that with Jimmy G. But I haven't seen the defense, and we saw him flash a little bit in Denver. Some good plays in Denver. Excellent plays but not at the level of Pittsburgh and Cleveland last night. I mean, they were playing faster and more violent. It's a term I'm going to use this week. we got Fred Belitnikoff on tomorrow and a couple other guests. I want to see the Raiders play at a level of violence that they're hitting harder and more people around the league are going, holy crap, Raiders are a tough team, man. You see Tyree Wilson sack that quarterback? I was scared for that quarterback. Did you see Diablo? come up the middle and knock a ball down. and I want to hear people talk about the Raiders making plays. Marcus Peters, the first game they didn't throw at him, 
Didn't see much in Buffalo. Game got out of control. But who's going to step up? I don't think Trayvon Merrick's off to a good start. Marcus Epps, whatever. I haven't seen. They're not intercepting the ball. They're not playing at a level that I want them to play at. I'm thinking that's going to change against Pittsburgh. And if not, you know where to find me. I'm right back here. I'm here. I'm actually on after the game in the Modelo Lounge. There's people are walking by me, man. You know where to find me, Sunday through Friday. So if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I don't get paid to be right. I get paid to be passionate. And I'm passionate about this game. Mike in Staten, Italy, who won money, you bet the Denver game right. I think you didn't – I don't think you bet on the Raiders, which would have been smart – Oh, when they were in Buffalo. What are you thinking about this one, Mikey? Hey, JT. Yeah, you know, you're exactly right. JT, you just nailed it. The linebackers, the two linebackers are off to a good start uh, ranking-wise, but you can't have your two cornerbacks with double the amount of tackles than your safeties. I think the problem right now, and the caller before, the safeties are getting dominated with those short intermediate in the middle passes. Uh, and we, but we listen. We, Allen, I could see it. If if I told you that we'd be tied for first after I know it's two games, and that two of the four teams in our division are zero and two, you would have signed up for it. A loss like in baseball, if you lose one nothing, a nineteen to one, that game is gone. We, if you before the season, we were marking it down as a loss. Our season starts this Sunday against the Steelers. If we win. The season has been an unbelievable positive going forward into week four. If we lose, we could spiral out of control. Wow. There you go. Thanks, Mikey. I, you know, spiral out of control, I'm not going to say on the flagship of the station. But I agree with you on what could happen if this team wins. If this team wins this game, which I expect them to win, a lot of big could come out of this. Really. Now, what's big? Eight wins? No, I'm talking about chasing chasing the wild card you'd have a game up on denver you'd have a game up on pittsburgh you're up on the chargers already joe burrow might not play the rest of the year i'm not saying he's gonna miss the whole year but he's got a serious calf injury he's damaged goods the jets who i had in the wild card i had the jets in the wild card not the raiders the jets because of aaron Rodgers. their season sunk there's a lot going on with this game. If you think Cleveland's a better team than the Raiders, did you see Cleveland last night? They're not, they're not better than the Raiders. They might have some better players in some positions. So with all of this, the optimism could be there. I have no choice, seriously, to, be, to not be optimistic. I believe they're going to win this game. I always did. I always knew they were going to beat Denver. I didn't have high hopes for Buffalo, but I thought they had a puncher's chance. And then the schedule, I'm pretty optimistic about the next couple of games. I like the matchup. But that could go away if they don't show up at home. And I don't want to be in that camp. I don't want to be in that category that there's a chance they don't show up. They're not going to play well. You know, they're going to spiral if they lose. I choose to be on the other side. I'm not a brain surgeon here. I'm a sports talk host. I want the team to win. But they got to play much better to win. Eddie, out in L.A., what's going on, Eddie? Hey, how you doing, JP? Good, thanks. The, the key here is we're going up to two pivotal games. We're right in that flux of the season where this team is going to tell us exactly who they are. We're going to go against the Pittsburgh with a pretty ferocious defense. we got to make sure we come out of this weekend with a W. We can't let any excuses. For the love of God, they got to figure out how to 
stop the middle of the field. That's where we're getting attacked the most. The defensive line needs to step it up. They need to create havoc in that middle and and, and create and, and let Pickett get nervous, get back there, throw some picks. He's capable of doing that, but we need to create pressure through the middle of the defensive line. Matt Crosby can't do it on his own, and the other side is not going to be effective if there's no push up the middle. The offensive the offensive line needs to step it up. They've got to create more holes for Josh Jacobs. I know Josh Jacobs is trying to get his feet up under him and trying to get more stamina going, but we have to figure out a way to utilize the speed mm-hmm. on the receiving group to be able to open up more running lanes for Josh Jacobs. In my opinion, if we if we go out there and we beat this team on Sunday and then here we're going into L.A. for another home game, this is going to tell us what this team is really made of. After getting what you got, just got from the Bills, how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond to a team that you should be able to beat and another team that you should be also be able to team? This is what this is the the two the two upcoming mm-hmm. games is what's going to tell us if this team is going to be able to compete for a wild card this mm-hmm. season or not. Yep. These are teams that you should be able to win. Okay, we understood about what was going on with Buffalo. It's time to get rid of, rid of that. We have to get up there and create separation on the receiving group. We have to utilize speed. Jimmy G's got to start throwing this ball in that middle and utilize the open the, mm-hmm. the open field. I mean, for for God's sakes, Renfro is open. Get him involved. Get the defenses thinking twice, not mm-hmm. just line stack the box yep. and go after attacking us. We have to create it. We have to we have to come out with a different mindset. Mm-hmm. This team has to learn to play big boy Thank you. I got to run, my friend. I'm up against it. I appreciate it. Appreciate the call. They've all been good. I got to wrap up some of them. I appreciate your time. Thank you. I don't know if Hunter Renfro's open. I don't see him open. I don't see him open a lot. I think he can get open if he gets targets. If If the play is run to Hunter and you run a play to him, I think he can get open. I don't think he's getting the targets, so I don't want to say that he's wide open. When has anybody seen Hunter Renfro wide open? In the first two games, I haven't, but I know he can get wide open if they run plays to him. So that I, Devontae doesn't have to be open. I would throw him the ball. Let me get this point out. It's very important. I'll throw every pass to Devontae and give everybody a game check and say, hey, be a dis- I, I love Devontae so much. I'd overcook Devontae every game because I think you can win by doing that. He's that good. He's that good. But that doesn't work with Josh McDaniels and, and the real way to play football. Everybody's got to do their job. Everybody's involved. So this game, let's get Michael Mayer involved. Austin Hooper's a really good catching tight end. Let's get Hunter going. I like the way Josh is catching the ball out of the backfield. He, is, he actually is a really good receiving back. I like that. And we'll see what happens here. All men on deck. All men on deck. We need everybody to play a great game. I'm expecting not everyone's going to play a great game, but most of the guys who are playing need to have their best game of the year, and that would be week three. La Casa Cigar Lounge right here at Tivoli Village, my new spot. They got live music, which is one of the main reasons why I'm partnering with them. Not only can you come and have a great cigar, an unbelievable source of everything what they have there. Their scotches, if you're into bourbons, all of it, fantastic but live music every night of the week. Thursday night football, Monday night football. If you love a great cigar like I do, Las Vegas's Cigar Club. It's La Casa Cigars, owned and operated by a diehard Raider fan. Perfect fit for our show. Gavin Maloof at the top of the hour. Your phone calls the rest of the hour. Neil showing blitz. Here he comes. 
Pressure ball out. Picked up. What? Touchdown Steelers. Highsmith knocked it out. And T.J. Watt took it in. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show. Brought to you by P.T.'s. The best happy hour in town, 5 to 7 p.m. And midnight to 2 a.m. All right. That was a play that can't happen in Vegas. Can't see a strip sack with T.J. Watt. Takes it in. Uh, Marcus just tweets at me. Hunter is open. And he sent a play where Renfro was open. Uh, Renfro can get open better than anybody I've seen with the Raiders in quite some time. And Jimmy's going to have to find him. And Jimmy checked down on the play that I'm looking at to Josh early in the game. So if Jimmy wants to find Hunter Renfro, he's right there. And go to him and feed him and get Hunter going. I think it's important to get Hunter going in this game to keep them off balance on the other side. If everybody thinks that Hunter Renfro, for whatever reason, is only going to get three or four targets a game, they're going to slide more people over to Devontae. And Devontae is going to get more of a double team there. And we're hoping Jacoby Myers comes back. I would assume he would, but again, I'm not a trainer. I'm not a doctor. I don't know what the scenario is going to be for him, but he's going through protocol. Remember last year, it was a big moment when we had the home opener, home opener to Arizona, and Hunter Renfro got concussed and fumbled the ball, and we lost the game. He caught it. We were were in field goal range. Would have won with the field goal. He got hit so violently by Isaiah Simmons, who's now with the Giants. Ball popped out, and the season was never the same because Hunter was never the same. Hunter got concussed, and he was not the same player. We don't want to see that happen to Jacoby. Jacoby's a special player like Hunter. We need him back, and it looks like Devontae is good to go. Uh, Here's a stat that we talked about today on Raiders Roundtable, which is a bit troublesome when it comes to the short passing game. Okay, the Raiders have allowed an NFL record 81.7%. So follow me here. Let's round that up to 82%. Through two games, they've given up 82% of the passes thrown. That's an all-time NFL record. All-time. All-time NFL record. Patrick Graham cannot be associated with that. He's got to clean that up. That's like one of the worst stats of all time. That's like saying a baseball team through two games or 20 games have given up the most home runs in baseball history. Can't happen. So is it the scheme or is it the players or a combination of both? So here's the stat that was really mind-blowing. In the short passing game, short passes are zero to nine yards. Okay, in the short passing game, Buffalo was 18 of 19 for 137 yards. So do the math. Some of those passes were three or four yards, and they went for 12 or 15. So either we're not getting to the ball quick enough, not getting to the ball quick enough, or there's a problem there. So I look at this, and I think this is an issue. I think this is an issue because I don't think the players are exploding to the ball fast enough. I don't think the players are reading the offense quick enough and getting in their lanes. I don't think the players and or the scheme are doing a good enough job compared to the offensive coordinators and the quarterbacks. And it's just one game, right? It's just Josh Allen. It wasn't Russell Wilson. It was just one bad game. Remember, burn the tape, move on to the next game, which skewed all these stats. That's why I don't like to talk about stats until about week four. Because you mix in a bad game like this and all the stats get ugly. Raider James, up next on the flagship of the Raiders. Go ahead, James. What's going on? Hey, JT. Can you hear me okay? Yep, I got you. Okay, good. Um, just want to make a quick couple quick points. We played five rookies in our in that game. 
um, with significant playing time. This is their first loss in their professional careers. Let's give them a chance to respond. I think the next game is going to be telling for these rookies. Let's see what. Let's see how they perform. Now, with that said, I would say there's no mystery what happened to this game. We lost the game because we couldn't run. We became one-dimensional. No team is going to win a football game with minus two yards rushing. I don't care what kind of quarterback, what kind of receivers you have, it, especially when the team's stacking the box on you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Josh Jacobs is in the same shape as he was last year yet. He seemed to be dancing in the back backfield waiting for a, a hole to jump cut through mm-hmm. with eight in the box, and that's why he had so many minus yards. When, when Zamir came in, he made mm-hmm. one cut and directly hit the hole. He had success. So what I want to see of the next game is I want to see at least two plays where the Raiders run directly at J.J. Watt mm-hmm. with Zamir White behind J- uh, Jacob Johnson. Right. I formation and two big linemen run right at him like the old school Raiders used to do. Do this a few times. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last point I wanted to make where we have to realize that the Bills were desperate not to go 0-2. This was almost like a playoff game to them, if you think about it. Mm-hmm. They were, they're, they're a Super Bowl caliber team. That was going to be a tough game. If things didn't go right for the Raiders, which they didn't, that was the outcome. And that I'll, I'll take uh, your, your yeah, comment. Again, a lot of people, fans, I'm a fan like you, believe that motivation plays for everything. A team's wounded. They're coming off a loss. They have to win. And all that. So they're going to play better or more focused? That's fair. The Raiders tried to counter that by going to West Virginia. And Eric Allen told me on Raiders Press Conference Live that the league has been trying to figure that out since the 70s. How to go East, West Coast teams, not East Coast teams and Midwest. Just the West Coast teams, Pacific time zone, how to go and how to go East. How'd that work out? Didn't work. It, It didn't work at all. They got boat raced, as I said. But their efforts were strong to go there. Their plan was strong. The plan was to go to West Virginia, to the Greenbrier, bond, focus, have a great week of practice, and then be prepared and have an advantage instead of a disadvantage going into Buffalo. Absolutely didn't work. (laughs) Easy for everybody to say it didn't work. They got hammered. So would they do that again? I don't know. I don't know if they do it again. No idea. But the point is they thought the plan was right. And every day they're working hard. I just wish, and I'm in the building, I was in the building today, but I'm not at practice and I'm not in the meeting rooms. I just think that this is just my opinion, right, guys? This, gals, this is my opinion. I, when I tell you what I know, I let you know. I say I know this. My opinion here is the players on the Las Vegas Raiders should be very uncomfortable this week. Very uncomfortable. The coaches should make them very uncomfortable now, you might say, well, don't put too much pressure on them. Man, don't put too much pressure on them. Okay, that's the other side of it. What are you going to do? Turn it into a day camp? There's one or two choices. They run their regular practice, and they do what they normally do, or the heat gets turned up. And maybe the heat getting turned up might work better. I don't know. This is what happened. Belichick in all these years didn't look too happy at practice. <laughs> didn't look too happy at the press conference. This coach... Doesn't look too happy at the press conferences this week. I believe the players are going to feel the heat. I think the players are going to be in a scenario where they have to perform because they're looking at their performance on film, and the coaches, the closest we get to see is in hard knocks, 
right, Danny? The closest we get to see on this is hard knocks, and that's just training camp. That's not regular season. But maybe you see a documentary about a Super Bowl team. You saw that with the quarterback show with Patrick Mahomes. You get into some meetings. And every once in a while, you'll see in an NFL meeting, the coaches are ripping the players or certain players for not doing their job. Maybe that's happening in Henderson. Yeah, numerous times I've seen on, uh, like you mentioned, hard knocks where uh, one that comes to mind is like running backs. They'll have five or six guys in the running back room watching film, mm. and you know the coach is kind of describing what's going on, and then all of a sudden it just sets him off, and he's like, guys, you got to do this, right. this, and this. If you want to make it in this league, you got to step up. you got to check mm. all these boxes or else you're not yeah. going to survive. That's the conversation, and we're assuming they're having them there. The level of heat. And the fans are going to be pretty fired up for this game. Oh, also, I want to get this into the show. A fan died in New England. A fan died in New England. And this is the topic for the show because, again, the Raider fans over the years have gotten a lot of bad press, and there's fans out there that have bad press and deserve it. And I want to just make sure we cover this story. I cannot believe this, that a fan died in New England at Foxborough. And I tweeted this out earlier today, and it is pretty ugly to watch. A fight broke out in the stands in Foxborough, and it got pretty ugly pretty quickly. And a fan ended up dying. It's trending all day today. Everybody can look at it. It's on social media. The Nick Chubb injury is also on social media. It's hard to look at things like that. But when it happens, you got to acknowledge it. And when it happens, it's really ugly. And you don't want to see things like that happen in life. So very disappointing. It's trending. You can go talk about it. You know, people, how am I going to say this? People, when, when someone dies due to an injury at a sporting event in a fight, it's absolutely terrible and horrible. The topic turns into alcohol. And they, people say that, you know, we have to get rid of alcohol. That'll never happen. Alcohol is a massive revenue generator. They're not getting rid of alcohol at sporting events. They're not. We have alcohol partners. We got one coming in right now for a tequila company. My point is, is that people need to police their section. If you see something and they put that up before the game on the Jumbotron scoreboard, if you see anything happening, text the number. Maybe if more fans would have texted the number quickly, and I wasn't there, so I don't know exactly what happened. But maybe if they would have done that quicker, someone's life could have been saved. So wherever you're at any game, and Allegiant is really a nice venue. It's really a safe venue for a lot of reasons. I mean, it's gorgeous. I don't think people go there to fight. You're not supposed to go to a game to fight. But this happened here, and when I saw the video earlier today, when I got up this morning, I retweeted it because I was really troubled by it when I saw it. I've been at many games in my life. I go to a lot of games. And when you see people act up and people are drunk and people take advantage of other people's people, it's the job of the men. It's the job of the men in the section to clean it up. And I don't mean clean it up violently, to break it up and to do that. And it has to happen here. There's been a couple of ugly incidences so far in the NFL, and this one happened today. And it is all over the Internet. And it went viral earlier today. And I saw it, and I just wanted to bring it up. Because that fan went to a game. I don't know what happened. I don't know the reason behind the fight, what went on, what was said. But you don't go to a sporting event to be violent. You don't participate in violence. And you got to help people around you if they're in harm's way. And it's very sad that a fan has died in the NFL. 702-365-9200. 
Got Gavin Maloof in the building now. He's one of the minority owners of the Stanley Cup champs. We're going to talk to him about Tequila Commissario, talk sports. He's got great stories. He's got a, he's a great friend with Mark Davis. Uh, we go back 20-plus years, so we're going to have him in coming up here in a little bit. Uh, let's get your phone calls going now as I officially, officially turn the page from Buffalo. We're on to Pittsburgh, baby. Get out of the Bills calls. Welcome to the Steelers. We got Steelers coverage starting now, rest of the show, rest of the week, on how to beat the Steelers. What do you recommend is the one key to the game? Uh, get in with the keys as we're brought to you by Remy Martin. Remy Martin, award-winning, team up for excellence. And Mount Gay Rum, we had that event. I had the Tropic Thunder at the Aria, at the Proper Food Hall. It was incredible. So Remy Martin, with all of their brands and all the events they do, we love the fact that they're a proud partner. Remy Martin, team up for excellence. Welcome back to the JT The Brick Show, brought to you by Commissario Tequila, the official tequila of the JT The Brick Show. Oh, that sounds good. As I welcome in Gavin Maloof, we'll have him next segment. How are you, Gavin? Thanks for coming in. Oh, my pleasure, JT. Great to see you. Well, as we have a minute or two, and we'll have much more on the other side of the top of the hour. Before we get to Tequila Commissario, just how excited are you for the home opener for the Raiders? I mean, now you're a world champion in hockey with Mr. Foley and your family here, but now we got a home opener. It seems like the Raiders have been away for a while. Well, it does. A uh, couple uh, road, uh, one road victory, one yeah. road loss. But uh, we re- we really need the fans for the home game here to, to really get loud and get vocal and get us back on the winning track. And for you, and you're going to be getting uh, with the family. You're going to get your Stanley Cup ring and all that coming up here. Just quickly, how great of a moment was that for being a sports owner in the past, for being a minority owner with this team. How great of a journey was that with Mr. Foley and the players especially and their families and everyone you got to know? It was fantastic. And, you know, we've been at this for many, many yeah. years. Well, we used to own the Rockets in 78 to 81. We went to the finals against the Celtics. Yes. We lost. And then with the Kings, 15 years. So we've been in it many, many years. And this is, is great for my family. And uh, Bill's done a great job with the team. And everybody's excited about the uh, the team in Las Vegas. And now we're excited about Tequila Commissario. How great is this? The bottle, all the different styles. This is just fantastic. We're going to come back and talk about it. I want to hear about the journey of this unbelievable brand. When we come back, we'll get into what we expect the Golden Knights to do this year. We'll talk to Gavin also about Vegas in general, his history here, the marketplace as a sports town, what he's seen. We got F1 coming. There's a lot happening. We have the sphere opening. And we have the Maloops, who have been my friends for a long time, and their friends in studio. We'll come right back and talk about Tequila Commissario on the flagship of the Silver and Black.